When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Lilia Marchenko. I'm Janis Kuda. This is Sebastian Wolfer. It's Mark Andrea Wiesler. I am Francisco Serundelo. And, and you're listening, listening to the Game to the Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> Novak Djokovic comes in, he steals the title, he wins the 23rd Grand Slam, he's the first guy in history to win 23 Grand Slams. Alcaraz is going to win Roland Garros this year, he wants to be the greatest player, he wants to emulate some of the big goats of the game. I think Iga's going to win Roland Garros and win it back to back, it doesn't happen often. Iga Sriantec is going to be picking up her third and in the men's Daniel Medvedev. Rude winning Roland Garros. Akhapenko is going to get her second Roland Garros title. Carlos Alcaraz is going to win the men's side. Iga's fiance is going to uh, to win on the women's. Daniel Medvedev and Jessica Pagula will bring home the trophy this year. Novak Djokovic clinching his 23rd. And then on the women's side, we have Ostapenko. On the women's side, been on fire, has won title on every surface. Her name is Elena Rabakina. And on the men's, Carlos Alcaraz will win his first French Open. Novak Djokovic is the 2023 Roland Garros champion. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. The tournament's finally finished. Roland Garros is officially over. And Novak Djokovic has won not only his third Roland Garros title, but also his 23rd Grand Slam title, taking him to the top of the tree on his own, one above Rafael Nadal. And he is the leader for the first time in his career. Well done, Novak Djokovic. Well done, Kasper Ruud, for getting to the final. But there was only one guy taking that win today. Yeah, and I'm really glad we never have to watch that intro again. Um, it ends in great fashion, really, with Liam going, uh, Novak Djokovic will win his 23rd uh, Roland Garros. No, 23rd Grand Slam title at Roland Garros. He was right. That's exactly what happened. The favourite was Carlos Alcaraz. Djokovic beat him in the semi and then beat Kasper Ruud. And everyone, I mean, I get a lot of heat on this on this podcast, especially regarding Novak Djokovic. So I probably want to just start this off by saying massive congratulations to all of the Novak Djokovic fans, him, himself, his family, 
and all of the people who has followed him, his coaches, throughout his illustrious, brilliant career. And I've always said the greatest tennis player of all time will be the one who ends with the most grand slams. On that basis alone, right now, it's hard to look past Novak Djokovic as the greatest player of all time. He is currently GOAT status. He's the man who has pretty much all of the records right now. He's still playing at the top of his game. The next slam coming up is Wimbledon. He said after beating Rude today that he will only be playing Wimbledon. There won't be any warm-up events on the grass. And I think that's what we're going to start seeing more of from him. I think he will just be prioritising the Grand Slams, the odd Masters event here and there when he's allowed to play. And we're going to probably see more success because 36 years old, he's the greatest athlete in the world right now. And I mean better than players uh, in different sports who are half his age. He has every single shot there is in the book. Mentally, nobody's as strong as him. And he's still winning the top titles in a best-of-five format, which rewards endurance. There's not really much more you can say about him. He is currently the greatest of all time. He's now won his 23rd Grand Slam title, the first player to ever achieve that. I know there was uh, Patrick Moratoglu saying, oh, he's going to be joining Serena Williams. Well, Serena Williams is a female. She plays a complete different sport. I know people are saying, it's still tennis. It's not. Women's tennis, men's tennis, they're completely different things. You can't compare the two. Uh, Djokovic is on his own, in my eyes, with 23 grand slams. Can Rafa forge a comeback and try and chase him? I don't think he can now. And I was banking on Rafael Nadal ending with the most Grand Slams because I didn't think Novak would ever be out there on his own at the top. And that's exactly what happened. So I got it wrong. I put my hands up. I made a prediction on here. It's not right. And as it stands, Novak Djokovic has won two of the first four Slams in 2023. Yeah, and his, well, best one is coming up next. And at the end of the match, we... Well, myself and Covey, I decided to go through the the odds as well for Wimbledon, and Novak Djokovic, no surprise, one point six seven on Bloody the odds hell. at the moment for Who's Wimbledon. Second favorite Alcaraz, yeah, <laughs> second favorite Alcaraz at sixes. I never think. won a grass title in his life. Exactly, I mean, he played Kyrgios, on grass probably twice in his career. I think Kyrgios is at nineteen, so that probably be a better punt than uh than Alcaraz in my opinion but curious obviously coming back from injury we're going to go through some tweets obviously Djokovic's super fan which is Julie we were talking about her being courtside throughout the tournament and throughout this final you can always see her she always has the this big hairdo and big uh, spirit they're always cheering him on and she got a very special prize right at the end with Novak Djokovic always rewarding his fans. And she got to have a picture with the trophy. I mean, how many other fans do you know get given the trophy just after he's got the trophy and then has a, a video with him? I mean, it's amazing. I mean, the, yeah, she gets the real VIP treatment, but fair play to her. She's definitely a very dedicated fan who puts a lot massively. of time and money towards it. So 
I'm really happy for her. She deserves moments like this. And they're ones she'll cherish for the rest of her life. I'm sure there's so many other Djokovic fans who wish they were in this in a situation like this. I've got to experience something similar following West Ham over to Prague, winning the Conference League. It was magical. So I can only imagine what it would feel like to be that close to the guy who is creating these magical moments and holding the silverware. Great moment for her and all the other fans. Yeah, brilliant. We know that she played tennis with him not too long ago as well. He's always giving back to the people who spend all their hard-earned money going to watch him around on the tour around the world. So that was really nice. And we, we got a few quotes from Djokovic from after the win as well. And this one saying, I'd just like to send a message to every young person, whatever you're pursuing, whether it's tennis, sports, anything else, be in the present, forget about the past. If you want, uh, if you want the future, you create it. Take the means in your hands. Believe it. Create it. I really like this quote. He's a motivational character and he's someone who young people will listen to because he's not just someone who talks nonsense and doesn't back it up. He backs up what he says. He generally means this. He could easily have dwelled on the past, not being allowed in Australia, not being vaccinated, missing out on all of the um, the US Masters events and, of course, the US Open as well. There's a lot for him to be negative about from his past. He's not had an easy couple of years. He's not had an easy career at all from a war-stricken war country. He's fought so much adversity from the media, from fellow players, from fans. And he's come through it and he's shown that if you are in the present, focusing on the moments, the here and now, and putting your heart and soul into that, you can get results. And he certainly is motivational for so many millions of people across the world, myself included. He's not my favourite tennis player. Um, we all know that. But I do have a lot of respect and admiration for what he does for the sport and the way he speaks after results, when he wins or loses. He's extremely humble. And in a situation like this one, what he's describing here, I can understand what he's saying. I think it's a really good quote. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. An inspirational character. And he gives hope to other people coming from tough upbringings. And I think that that's the one thing he's always making sure he, he has his own foundation. He gives back to uh, a lot of charity and fair play to him. I think he get well, gets everything he deserves from how much he puts into this sport. So an incredible inspiration. Uh, moving on to another quote from Novak Djokovic. He's saying, most of the guys feel a lot of pressure when facing me in best of five uh, in a slam. That's exactly how I want them to feel. It's a good thing that you have that kind of mental edge. Let's be honest, Carlos Alcalá's lost because of the mental edge. His body could not deal with the stress. I think a lot of which wasn't physical, it was mental. He mm. knew that this was such a big moment. He knew it was such a big match. He was nervous before the match started. His body yeah. was tense and simply cramped up due to the pressure. I generally believe that. I think if it wasn't another player who was there in that semi-final, Adclad probably wouldn't have cramped up and would, would have been in the final. But that's the way things went with the draw. He drew Adkla, uh, Djokovic on his side. And in a way, it's probably better it happened in the semi rather than, than meeting in the final and then us only getting half a final because 
This one, let's talk about it quickly. Casper Ruud played his part. It was his best slam final performance by far. Um, I think there is a tweet for it, so maybe you can bring it up. Yeah, let me just pu- pull that one up. I think it was one of the last ones you sent over to me. Yeah. Oh, and... yeah, here we go. I think it's Gil Gross, the one that you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, let's bring it up and go through okay. it. Because Gil Gross, I think, got it bang on. He's spot on with what he said. Right. So he said, that was Rude's best performance in a big final. I agree. I think he bought his best tennis for the most part. There's obviously a skill gap against Novak, but mentally it seemed like he trusted his weapons and asserted himself more than he had than he had in these uh, spots last year. Definitely. Yeah. That first set, though, crushed him because he played far better than Novak Djokovic and still lost. And I think what happened at that moment is he started to doubt himself a little bit because yeah. he realised, I've just done everything here. I've thrown the kitchen sink at him. I've played some good shots. But yeah, the ball keeps coming back with more and I can't handle it. And I think despite that, he still tried at times to do all right in the second and third, but it wasn't as good as the first. And yeah, it was a lost match after that first set because as much as he was still trying to do good things and it was his best final performance, Djokovic got better and better. And he probably stayed the same, if not got worse as it went on. So it just become more one-sided really with time. Yeah. I mean, it was just that that first set, just at 4-2, you were sort of posing the question saying, what do you reckon the odds are that Djokovic can go on and still win this set? Or I still thought it was well within his grasp, but 4-1, four, four it's just one break. thought Kasper may have a wobble at some point. He only took one wobble, didn't it? And Djokovic wasn't even playing very well at the start. He fluffed a lot of smashes. He, I think there was, in the first, I think it was 12 unforced errors in the first four games he hit. And then after that, I think he cleaned it up to about another only four or something in the rest of the set. So he he definitely shored things up. And as soon as the serve started going well for Djokovic, you saw how much more dominant he was throughout that. And we saw quite a few games to love in the second and in the third set as well. A really great performance. And I thought he was going to start getting stronger and stronger. I thought he may drop a set and he could have, on any other day, he may have dropped that first set, but I still thought he was just still going to go on and get better and better and win. He would have, if not at three, it would have been four. So, and I don't think he would have been pushed to five. He he takes a little bit longer to get going, but once he's going, there's no stopping him, uh, especially with someone like Kasper Ruud, sadly. The only person I feel that can stop him is Rafael Nadal at Roland Garros, really. Yeah. And he wasn't there, so... We got the champion, Djokovic, instead. <laughs> I mean, Adklaz can stop him, but certainly not in the semi. Maybe in the future, I think. At the moment, yeah, yeah. This is I the think he'll learn I'm... a lot from this one. Next year, if they were to meet, I think it, he will be better even 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 then. Oh, yeah. You've got to take a lot of a uh, learning uh, curve from that one match alone. So, Alcalaz will learn. He will get better, I'm sure. So, let's move on to some of these other tweets. This one, <laughs> I threw this one in there. I know that's a little bit controversial, but despite being uh, long banned from the US and other countries over his refusal to submit the COVID vaccination, and he just still won his 23rd Grand Slam at the French Open, earned him the greatest record in men's history. So despite all of the stuff that he went through, all of the... He chose, remember, he was the one who chose not to 
essentially play because he didn't want to be vaccinated. That was his choice. And I think that's one thing that everyone can agree on. And you even were the person who pointed out the most. You said he's a man of his word. He will stick to it. And that's why everybody who supports him has the utmost respect for him because he's a man of honor. And he did. He stuck to it. He didn't. He even went on an interview with BBC and said, no, if that's the case, I will not play until I can play. And he didn't. He stuck to his word. And he still came back, and he's still better than ever. He still took, well, two more slams this year. Amazing. So, on to the next one. Oh, no, that was the one we just had. This one, Djokovic rewriting the history books. And look at this. The first man to win at least three on every single Grand Slam surface there. And you can see he's got as many US Opens now as Roland Garros's. Look at that. Three of each, seven Wimbledon, 10 Australian Opens. It's not a bad little group there. Uh, can he get 10 Wimbledons? Don't think he can. Uh, but still, you fancy him to pick up. Nine. You never know. You can never write him off or anything. But with these numbers, what he's been able to do. It is remarkable, though, getting to over three in every single slam now. I don't think we'll ever see someone do that. I think he wants more Wimbledons, though. Obviously, we know that Roger has, is it eight Wimbledons? I think he'll want to level that and he'll want to just go one better than Roger on that. And then once he's got the, the most Wimbledons, he'll I think be he's got enough records. <laughs> leave Roger with one. Yeah, get, leave Roger alone. <laughs> Don't make him cry again. Right, on to the next one. Uh, this was quite, uh, I don't know, expected I think because it was always going to be a question that was posed to him in the post-match press conference uh, asked about being the GOAT and he said thank you I don't want to say that I am the greatest because I feel it's a disrespect for all the champions from the different eras of our sport played in a a totally different way uh, that is played today each great champ has left a legacy. I think this is a very PR answer, which he says to the media, but behind closed doors, I'm sure it is so important for him being the lead. I think think this is just an answer he gives to the press. Of course, it's a respectful and nice thing to say. I admire him for it, but ultimately, he wants to be the GOAT, and he knows that getting the most slams makes him the GOAT. And he, he... There's obviously other factors as well, but that's a big one. And now he's got it. Deep down behind closed doors, I'm sure when people say it to him, he's over the moon about the, the, the name. It's what he wanted. <laughs> Do you think that this, um, like with the new new breed of players that are coming through at the moment, do you think that there's like a drive in him just to pr- keep proving that I'm better than you? Like, I just want to keep on beating these youngsters who are coming up? Or do you think once he's, yeah. once he's far enough away, do you think that? Well, no, I think he does. I think he has a drive for the new people coming through. He wants to show them you may be good playing in the juniors or against other people your age, but you've not played Novak Djokovic. And he fancies himself in a best of five format, quite frankly. No, there's no one better than him. Doesn't matter how young or fit you are, you're never as fit as Novak Djokovic. And Judy Murray came out, obviously, uh, mother of Andy, and saying, this is what Novak Djokovic looked like when I first watched him play against Andy when they were 11. 
What an incredible career he's gone to have. Record-breaking 23rd Grand Slam title. And there he is. is that 11 like years. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. Probably oh. similar age to Stefan. Nice, nice T-shirt as well. <laughs> yeah, I saw a picture of him when he was this age and he played with a red racket. And Ooh. there was the... Who's the Serbian... They also call him the Joker, the one who plays basketball. Oh, oh, Covey was talking about him earlier. He said, like, Jokic, is it? Yeah. Is that his name? He also played tennis with a similar red racket when he was younger. So they say, if you play with this red racket, you'll be a great player one day in whatever discipline you choose. So I'm glad I got a red racket. (laughs) Where can I get a red racket from? Head. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to the shop and go and get one, I think. I'm not sure if it's going to help me too much, though. We'll wait and see. Right, let's move on. This one, I thought this is a good one uh, to finish up on. I know that this is it's quite late here in the UK while we're filming this. It is just gone 2am, so apologies for the lateness of this. And apologies if we sound slightly tired, but it has been a long day of... Uh, crazy celebrations so this one's to do with the big three and the grand slam race and just to take a look back at 2010 federer on 16 nadal on nine and Djokovic just on the one back then in 2010 yeah he's dominated the last 13 years been the best player the last 13 years on the whole and he's now leading the slam race for the first time can he extend it (laughs) Maybe, the way he's looking. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And the Wimbledon odds would suggest... Who, I mean, he didn't even look close to being, even being beaten last year at Wimbledon, did he? That's no. the thing. No one's even really tested him. Kyrgios took a set in the final, but you always had the feeling as soon as he worked out his serve... Kyrgios won't win, won't win Wimbledon. Maybe he's waiting for Djokovic to retire, and then he might have a chance. Even then, it's only a chance... There'll be some next player who's better than him. Quite possible. Yeah. Well, you never know. Alcalaz might have worked his way onto the grass courts by then and then be skidding around the on the grass instead, like doing crazy shots. And maybe you'll have worked out his gas tank by then and stopped all the cramps as well. But yeah, this is Novak Djokovic's day. Goes down in history. Uh, the 11th of June... 2023 is when Djokovic won 23. Other big news before we do wrap it up. There will be a song coming very soon. Ben's been working on it. There was a tweet what Ben put out on the channel. I don't know if you've got it. If not, go check it out on Twitter. The song is in the works. It should be out soon. And that's for you, Djokovic fans. I will not be featuring on the album this year. I don't think I'll ever be on a Djokovic song, but I do enjoy them. So hopefully you enjoy them too. There, there we go. Look at him, the master at work. Working away. You see Djokovic oh. on a tennis court? This is another goat in his habitat <laughs> by a desk. That's it. Hunched over it. <laughs> I've got a hunch. It's going to be a good song. Perfect. Well, let's wrap that up. Thank you so much, everyone who has joined us for Roland Garros. If you haven't already, hit hit the like button, subscribe if you're new. And there's only one last thing to say. Congratulations to the one and only Novak Djokovic, 23 Grand Slams. Rafa's probably crying somewhere. And 
I am going to leave now and cry <laughs> myself. Well done to the Joker. Yeah, indeed. Well, and congratulations to Wild Live in our player roulette as well, because you won player roulette. Well done. This one's for you, Wild Live. One last laugh. See you all see you all soon. Anymore. Sports Social Podcast Network.